0: All right, folks. Hi, we're we're here. We're ready to start the show. Okay, I'm, I'll be right back. I just need to
1: go. Um, yeah, I've got to count my toes, and uh, <laughs> I've got, got to, sure to pet. I've
2: got to there. help Tyler count his toes. He keeps yeah, fucking up. Janet, if you could just look, <laughs> <we're>, we've <laughs> all
1: got toes that we'd love to get but home how to. Many and do count? Do you have but- James? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have such big socks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> James, do you have do you ha- have a wiki feet?
0: <laughs> I someone made me I a wiki feet. No. no,
3: yeah, it's a photo from college too. So that means oh. one of our college friends did it. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. That's less. Oh, that's that's bad. Still, it's all bad.
2: Mm. Oh, Lisa, Oof. Lisa Oof. Damato. That's not you.
0: No. <laughs> Please don't browse WikiFeet, Johnny. (laughs) I'm not browsing. That enables it to continue as a thing. (laughs) I'm not
2: browsing WikiFeet. I'm looking specifically for you on WikiFeet.
0: (laughs) Every targeted search, single, every single moment that you have to spend around the character spit in the future is fully deserved. Is 1,000% your fault.
3: (laughs) When art imitates life anyway, dice rolling (laughs) or whatever. (laughs)
0: Travis, we are almost at sunset right now. Where have you been spending your day for the most part?
2: Mm. Well, I think maybe now I am. For, I guess for the, for the narrative fun, let's say that I've been a bird in the day.
0: Oh, interesting. So right now it is autumn. Where we're, yeah. where we're in a period of autumn. Um and I I I think
2: I've been spending a lot of time as I have been lately in the crow's nest just sort of ruminating on all
0: of it. Yeah, I think that's what I've been doing. Describe the bird for us because we are being introduced to Travis Matigo right now for the first time for some listeners perhaps.
2: Yeah, so right now Travis is an all white Raven with uh like red eyes.
0: Uh it is they are unfortunately avoid are black eyes. Oh,
2: right, cause... right, right. I was thinking of real white birds. Um mm-hmm. all white with black eyes, and is a you know, a white a white bird. I can't I can't get more descriptive. <laughs> You've than, seen a bird. You, yeah. Okay, take that, and now it's it's all white.
0: <laughs> So yeah, you are up in the crow's nest right now. The crow's nest, which I I think is peeking out over the gray... Clouds that the Uhuru is currently sailing through, which feels extremely appropriate to me for Travis feeling all of the feelings that he is feeling right now on this like small pillar that is jetting out above a sea of gray beneath him. And even I think more haunting is that the clouds kind of immediately beneath the crow's nest here would be glowing crimson from the feather weave that is powering the ship. So yeah, you're you're kind of out here lonesome in your feelings a little bit. What what is Travis like working on right now? I think right now so
2: did we did Jolly Jack tell us where they were going or do we have any knowledge of where they were going? I don't remember.
0: Um. So that wasn't a conversation that happened on screen, but it's also one that we can intuit would have been. Okay. The thing that you know about, like, the immediate vicinity of where Jolly Jack was going, Jack was on a skeleton crew at that point and was meeting up with a business partner. And that partner was, oh, I don't know that I wrote down the name of this place, but, like, it was a not, like, metropolitan but but fairly populated trading center and they they're basically going to drop off, you know, some uh, order of salt around sphere. I think basically
2: he is just trying to decide if he wants to try and find them whether that's with the crew of the uhuru or not or if he sort of wants to say like Margaret and I have met twice by chance now. Should I see if it will happen a third
0: time? I yeah, that that makes sense to me. Travis is, you know, like straddling a line of action. And inaction. And I, I think Travis has some really strong arguments in, in both directions of, well, every time I try to do something for myself, it ends up bad. And every time I don't do anything, bad things happen anyway. It's a real catch-22. <laughs> I th- I think he's also a little
2: miffed. He wouldn't have attended the bachelor party, but he also wasn't invited. <laughs> And I think that he wanted to be invited.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, you know, Travis, like, that is a thing. Another thing that you're dealing with is right now on the crew, they are very hot and cold on you in particular. In the weeks leading up to your visit to Ungoni, there was a larger than average number of mean pranks that they attempted to pull on you. Uh, You know, I, I think we can intuit from your response to a lot of them. Not many of those pranks were successful in the mean spirit that they were intended, but probably the worst part of it has been the social isolation. Travis was given right after uh, Nordia punishment bangs that were kind of you know to indicate uh, that as long as Travis had this bad haircut he was to be treated poorly and the crew could vent their frustrations but because of Travis's affliction that haircut was restored literally the next day which made everyone feel that Travis cheated the system and even more angry so there is no tapering off a, a normal person who was punished in this way would have that punishment over by this time. But that's not the case. There are still people giving you the cold shoulder, but maybe even worse yet, there is a contingent of the crew that is very warm on you right now that has been really trying to ingratiate themselves to you. And the problem is these people suck. <laughs> I am of course referring to Rocco Rocco and his contingent approached Travis not too long ago to voice their displeasure with Captain Oromar Vale and the general running of the ship since the captain's death and they formally approached you announcing their intention at some point in the not too distant future that they were going to issue a challenge to Vale and Apart from the captain's counsel, who your relationship with them, though it is objectively positive, is full of barbs and for some cases, hundreds of years of emotional baggage that you have to unpack every time you're around him. So the only positive reinforcement that you're getting coming from people who really make your skin crawl a little bit is a tough thing for you to deal with. Uh, And because you're dealing with all of these emotions, I would like Travis to make a check. I I think this is probably going to have to be knowledge adventuring or a sailing check, depending on whichever stat is better. And this is going to be an average check with a black die because Travis is in his feelings to see if you understand some essential things about how this ship should run. Did you say
2: it's either adventuring or oh sailing Sailing. okay yeah and how what was the difficulty
0: uh difficulty is going to be average so two purple and a black die against whatever your role is
2: that is one success Travis, you
0: are up here because the crow's nest is generally a good place to define solitude. Whether you are a, a person or an animal, you know, especially being a raven, it's a generally okay place for solitude. Because even if there are people there, they don't really bother a bird. But you know that someone should be here right now and that someone shouldn't be you. This is actually not a time when you have to be on duty. You just came up here to feel a little bit and no one is here when they should be here. Do I know who it is supposed to be? You know that it's supposed to be somebody you don't remember their name because there's someone whose name you have not bothered to remember. Fair enough. <laughs> Very
2: <laughs> deliberately. Mm-hmm. Then I think you said we're getting close to like sunset. Mm-hmm. I think as we get closer... I want to fly down and basically like make my way into the ship and I want to go to where would this like log be kept of who is supposed to be doing what when
0: that would probably be with the quartermaster so in the bathroom as bathroom Barry is currently the Mm quartermaster on your ship
2: yeah then I, I would like to make my way to the bathroom and I think that like Basically, as I'm walking down the hallway to the bathroom, I very painfully
0: transform. You you want to transform just walking around in a hallway, Travis? You do realize, Johnny, I will allow you to do this. Okay. Currently, it is still a secret that you are a changeling. The crew of the glass is kind of familiar with changelings, so... It is one thing if they know about you being a changeling. It is another thing entirely if the rest of the world knows. And you have 200 years of history of kind of knowing what happens when people find out you are a changeling. Then,
2: okay, I would like yeah. to, I have a, a better idea then. Mm-hmm. I think Bathroom Barry is someone who either just straight up knows because hmm. 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 i think that he, i think that if he did know he would be professional enough to not mention it discreet <laughs> yes. yeah yeah, yeah he's, discretion
0: he's is dis- part of the thing so i think what
2: actually happens <laughs> is <laughs>
0: Listen To a stall and screams and I mean absolutely. yeah one hundred percent
2: one hundred percent no <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: what a Jim Carrey
1: ass <laughs> oh Jim. you're gonna
2: want to flush twice Tom Arnold is in the next stall <laughs> encouraging uh, me uh, yeah and the, and then so I, in goes a, a beautiful white bird out walks an even more beautiful man with a green. You're
0: going to need to really describe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's a white guy.
2: What more can I say? That's just <laughs> as descriptive <laughs> as I can get. I was waiting for um, that. <laughs> 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 he's, um, he's wearing like a long green, very lovely coat that was purchased by his associates for him. It's it's that sort of um, I mean, it's it's what probably not what real pirates or soldiers ever wore, but what they wear in movies, you know, when you imagine sort of like a, a pirate and he's the rest of his clothes. So the, the coat is very nice. I think the rest of his clothes are a little shabbier. Just he's wearing like a a shirt that's got a little, you know, rough in the front and some roughed collars and just some, you know, brown or tan pants and on his arms which you can't see he's wearing he's got a bunch of watches on both of his arms i'd say he probably has a pocket watch or two why not (laughs) yeah watches his watches um his watches and he's got he's got gray hair that is both gray and distinct from the color of
3: gable's hair
0: so (laughs) everyone knows they're not siblings
3: (laughs) (laughs) even if they fight like it
0: Unrelated. Now, cor- correct me if I, I am wrong. I thought uh, Travis's hair was more more white than gray. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, yes. I guess when you
2: whenever I as a person am describing some someone, I don't know that I would ever describe someone's hair as white, even if it was I would say it was gray. But you are mm. I think that it is mm. it is white.
0: Yeah, I mean, Travis, we, we can give him permission to have anime-style white hair that is really white because well, like, there's some magical stuff. Like, Doc like Brown. Pegasus from Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> like Pegasus from Yu-Gi-Oh! Pegasus is like platinum, like mm. and not platinum blonde, but just platinum. It's like if Doc Brown had a brush. <laughs> mm. Okay. Well, we've also described Travis's haircut as as being '90s heartthrob, mm-hmm. uh, which I uh, love. Mm. I adore. I adore. Yeah, um,
2: that's very good. Uh, it's silly, Billy. Like, um, oh, oh, it's it's if Leonardo DiCaprio had white hair in 1995 or whatever.
0: mm oh. Hmm.
2: So anyway, this beautiful man walks out of a bathroom stall.
0: <laughs> After screaming in agony. First in a bird's voice and then in a man's voice. And he does flush to keep up the illusion. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Important. <laughs> um, Gosh. And he walks um, up to Barry. I believe I'm the voice of Barry, and I'm, once again. You are. I can't remember the register. He's, well, he's got like a slightly deeper register, slightly deeper, but register, not as deep and as Barry. Right, right. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah. that's always like I've I, I shot myself in the foot. I made two berries, and then I just went lower. <laughs> um, okay, so um, bathroom Barry, kind of like pretty much as travis is walking out is there someone else in in the room
0: uh Louis, Louis anderson i think we said tom arnold the other stall tom arnold tom, arnold. tom arnold. Close. okay <laughs> um
1: well then in the he's not going to fully address it cuz i feel like at this point yeah he he's discretion is key so uh he hands him like playfully tosses up a handcloth, gives him a nod and he points to his own watch taps it twice and then like gives him a thumbs up being like, wow, that was quick this time. That was, that was pretty fast.
0: Barry. <laughs> and also like cutting it close. Cause Travis did have to get in the window and get in the stall. Mm-hmm. So there was like a peer, like he could have maybe transformed back mm-hmm. in the middle. Oh, Travis plays with fire.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, in case you're interested, uh, we got uh, some uh, peppermint oils at the last port and uh, drop two on your tongue. You'll be a new man. New bird. <laughs> Honestly, that sounds wonderful. What's going on with you, to Go? Uh,
2: well, I, I was actually wondering, um, do you happen to have the ledger of crew duties? The one about the jobs that we're doing, not the one mm-hmm. about the... Jobs that we're doing,
1: and he gestures to the stalls. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a different. That's a <laughs> you. You're asking for the little black book. And not. I the... also have the little brown book. <laughs> no.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. We are children. <laughs> 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 Throughout this, Barton is so
3: terrifyingly competent. <laughs> Despite having a very specific hobby, astoundingly competent.
0: <laughs> I mean, well, here's here's the thing, like he can then track, like if people are mm-hmm. having intestinal distress, like mm. he'll know this is your fifth visit today you need some
1: Pepto-Bismol. Yes. Gosh. Gotcha. Yes. Which is where the medicine cabinet comes in because he is yeah. always stocked up on, on, on herbs and, and oils, and he's keeping track. Dysentery is no joke. He, it's like how people died. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, so he opens it. He kind of like not even he he's not even really looking because at this point bathroom Barry has fully embraced the quartermaster duties and he is dead set on having it not take away from bathroom duties as well so he knows the black book since like I feel like there wasn't a black book before Barry it was just like papers strewn about but as mm-hmm. soon as black bathroom Barry came in he got the black book and so he's like he is immediately kind of like without even really looking flipping to the current date He's like what are you looking for
2: who's supposed to be in the crow's nest right now uh
1: crow's nest crow's nest um so let's see uh well, it was supposed to be Wendell, but you know he's on leave. Well, uh, sure man I can I cannot believe that I didn't get invited to that party. Can you, you know, imagine can you imagine the fun they've got to be having right now? I feel the I'd, same be same as you. I was... I'd be jealous I'd be jealous. I mean, I'm a little jealous, and I'm not, I'm I'm okay with myself enough to say that I am a little jealous that I am not on that on in that party.
0: We we do a smash cut to everybody is packing up the campsite for the bachelor party, and they are all singing a Skyjax Carly Le- Rae Jepsen equivalent song <laughs> um, and like kind of dancing around as they clean up uh, the campsite. And, you know, I just put that in there for me so that we can force Arnie to do a CRJ equivalent uh, for the Skyjacks universe because you need that good times music. Track not found. Cut back to the bathroom. <sighs> can you imagine, Matagot? Uh, quite
2: honestly... It sounds miserable, but it would have been nice to get an invite.
1: Oh, yeah, each of their own. So uh, let's see. Up in the crow's nest uh, from uh, dawn to dusk, we have... Uh, who's, let, let me get a name. Yeah, Tyler, uh, just give me a name of somebody who sucks. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Reggie.
0: <Ooh. laughs> hey, and any Reggies out there in the audience, fuck you. <laughs> we... Know, we We have read about what people like you have done in Archie comics,
3: (laughs) and we don't fucking approve. (laughs) Why are you going to call out Reggie fils like that? He did nothing wrong (laughs) except join, like, GameStop He retired. He left. (laughs) left. Yeah, he
0: quit. He quit and put fucking Bowser in charge. (laughs) So inappropriate. (laughs)
3: Astounding. (laughs)
0: So yeah, we've uh, I will we got, I will say we do endorse the conspiracy theory that the Besties have endorsed which is that Re- Reggie Fesume is still pulling the strings at Nintendo. He's
2: just <laughs> doing
1: it shadowy behind the scenes mm-hmm. now. I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Great. That's great because the first Reggie Fizeme that was dropped, Nathan did not know who that was. But I do. Uh, it took me a second. I'm there. I'm caught up. Um, Just a little, little so tap. We've got uh, Reggie Fizo that's supposed to be up in the in the crow's nest. But uh, what's going on? Is he uh, <laughs> is he asleep? Sleep on the well, job.
2: Well, I I happened to go up there because I went up there, and no one was there. So of of course, I took it upon myself to perform the
0: duties of crow's nest person but <coughs> i reggie fiso that name travis i need you to make an easy discipline check discipline. okay the discipline is the skill that i am assigning to remembering names
3: he oh, <laughs> uh, was busy
0: Politeness.
3: and taking names to actually do
2: his duty okay we got the that's good because i have a low discipline which is really nice yeah <laughs> Which is kind of thematic. Well, that is a success and a threat.
0: Ooh. Uh, yeah. Reggie Fiso, that name is familiar now that it's said to you. You remember it from the other night when you were eating dinner alone because Gable was on the helm, Jonet was busy studying, and the captain is someone that you have not really been interacting with that much and the rest of the crew is kind of alienating you you were alone and then a group of people came over to your table to eat with you and it was a very unpleasant evening or at least unpleasant meal as I think you probably made an excuse to get out of there pretty quick as some of the most unpleasant people in the crew just like tried to pal around with you for a little bit Rocco was there, and Reggie Fiso was one of the members of this contingent. Barry, you've been on this ship a long time.
1: Yeah?
2: And you're one of the second most professional and knowledgeable people I know.
1: Okay, you're about to ask, you're you buttering me up, all right? What do you want?
2: Has there ever been a mutiny attempt before? And I, just about, to be clear, I'm well, not in any way interested
1: hey, hey, in that hey, much responsibility. <laughs> hey, hey, tra- tra- Travis, real quick, how about uh, how about we continue this conversation in about uh, forty six seconds? <laughs> Whoa, wait, wait, wait! At around at around in, in twenty four seconds, there's a flush. <laughs> And then, uh, oh. what's his face gets out. Tom Arnold. Tom, Arnold. Tom Arnold gets out. Hey
0: guys, how's it going? <laughs>
1: uh, how you, how Where's you doing? Where's Rosie? How you doing, Tom? And he tosses Fantastic. him a, a towel. Yeah, uh, right, get on out of here. Get out of here. And All then right. and they close, down the door. <laughs> And then Barry. Walks out, looks left, looks right, and then puts up a yellow caution tape in front of that's with a sign that says cleaning, and then he closes it, locks it. Last time there was a mutiny. Well, uh, I could say that last time. Uh, James, do we have an answer to this? Because I was about to just kind of wheel
0: uh, so here is the thing: uh, I do know Oromar seized control of the ship in a mutiny against someone from the Red Feather Syndicate, mm-hmm. and also there was a mutiny attempt on the island right. that you know Travis uh, saw firsthand because he fought alongside the captain to defend against it. Um, but I don't know if there is any other point in the Uhuru's history where someone has tried to seize power from Oromar. Tyler, you could either decide that wholesale yourself or we could pull a luminary for it. Whatever you like. Uh, let's, let's pull the luminary. All right. Leave it in the luminary's eyes. Ooh.
3: A good introduction for those who haven't come across the luminaries so far, <laughs> they're joining in now yeah
0: so what, what we do on the show we are mostly playing genesis which i have probably given you a slight explainer of but we also have the luminaries a a, a deck of tarot like cards that we use to interpret different events for this show and what i pulled was the loom And I I think that kind of favors stability more than anything else, but I will pull up specific interpretations for us. It's achieving through
3: self-sacrifice, right? Unappreciated work.
0: Yes. You just learned about what?
3: That's cheating. You're not supposed to know these
0: things. Y'all are all in trouble because Nathan... Will learn games. Knows how to play games. <laughs>
1: oh, uh, not been shared on and, your oh, document. No. I don't think.
0: Hang on. I don't think you gave that to us. Uh, you, you actually all have been. Nathan is the only person who I think hasn't. Uh, so also,
3: <laughs> so <laughs> this is even more uh, impressive.
0: Sorry. Okay. I yeah.
3: <laughs> well. P- I am well. a, a Taro nerd in real life, so that this has an equivalent. I'm like, yes, good. Um,
0: <laughs> the loom. Uh, yeah. So the loom stands for toil, obligation, and sacrifice. The loom is a symbol for all those who take pains to serve the ones they love. It is also their jailer. It is the act of sacrifice that precedes the rewards of gratitude, or in some bitter cases, is met with no acknowledgement at all. In the story. A sacrifice on the loom is how the crane repaid the man who had showed her kindness. It saved them during a hard winter. It also broke her and caused them both anguish.
1: So I feel like there was maybe an attempt before the island.
0: I kind of think this was far in the Uhuru's past. Because the thing that we know is that... Oromar led a mutiny and seized control around like when he was like 18 or 19. So that was a mutiny that the crew decided to leave the Red Feather Syndicate and become Corsairs. And then suddenly Orimar had to lead a ship of people without ever having been a captain before, and they are lawless criminals. So I imagine that was kind of like a rough transitional
1: period. I I kind of think there could have been another mutiny of some kind. It feels like this was maybe one of the moments in which Oromar displays themselves as captain material, like post-taking over the Uhuru. And I think that there was... The, the high of a mutiny had worn off and then it became like, oh, we don't have, we don't have income. We don't have like someone giving us a heading. We don't, we're a little bit out here for like a couple months. Tensions rise. And then I think one person uh, Doug left hand. <laughs> Because he's left-handed, Doug left-handed. <laughs> okay, <laughs> how about how about we
0: call him Doug Sinister? Doug's, because oh, that ties in goodness. and yeah. is also more intimidating feeling.
1: Doug's Doug Sinister kind of takes it upon himself to gather a group a group of people, and then come to Oromar's quarters. And I think there's a moment of like Ormar like opens up the door. It's like Doug and like six other people, a very quick, like, read the room. This feels wrong. And like, there's like a formal moment, like eye to eyes, like, hand over your seat of power. Hand over the captains, the the mantle of the captain. Yeah.
0: I kind of think what it is, is there is sort of a rough transitional period. And this contingent is like, we can take Oromar capture him. And present him to the Red Feather Syndicate, and maybe leverage our way into a pardon. Ooh. That's probably Ooh. what they're
3: doing. Orma would have so,
0: hated that idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like they left the Red Feather Syndicate because you know they're being mistreated, or Mark, you know, kind of whip people into a fervor of like, yeah, we can do this. Let's fight these people instead of working for these people, and everybody agrees. They perform the mutiny, and then it's actually really... Really hard to be a corsair and they don't know what to do. So there's this tough period. So there's like Doug Sinister, and this contingent of the crew is like, we should not have done this, Mm -hmm. and we can get out of this if we just hand the red feathers Orimar and the Uhuru. If we hand that back, maybe they'll let us go. So I I think these people come into the room, and I think at that time, the only people who are there are Orimar. Calavar and spit that is the captain's council at that time uh, and it is a threadbare captain's council spit is a much younger man he probably looks like he's just in his 50s or 60s at this point you know way buffer definite silver fox vibes from spit and there's young orimar which nathan i would love for you to describe young orimar real quick
3: Young Oromar is definitely more Pirates of Penzance energy Mm. (laughs) than the kind of uh, uh, more kind of weathered, ominous figure that he stands today. No idea who gave him these leather trousers and knee-high boots, um, but he wears them well. (laughs) Um, uh, He is kind of sitting, I think it's the same desk, like it's still the same desk, not the same chair. He hasn't replaced the chair yet. But is kind of sitting crossed legs up on the desk crossed over. And um like the moment the door kind of came open, uh, he brushes the shorter dreadlocks kind of like out of his eyes in a very carefree way. Small Is
0: that like killmonger? Like mm. like
3: uh, oh with like the twist. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Absolutely. Oh, he is, uh, um, he kind of like, yeah, he, he's kind of like telling a joke to spit as the door opens. And then he kind of like, as the door opens, he kind of turns around to look at them being like, oh, hi there. The small bit of like a sea salt dislodging from it, like sparkles as, Shut up. Uh, he, <laughs> as he gives like a knowing smile and is like, oh, we're about to have a conversation. Well, state your case, but if it isn't particularly interesting, spit, we'll see you out.
0: And, yeah, there's that freeze of, like, you think this is going to be a conversation, like the crew kind of coming to air grievance or, you know, ask for a plan or something the way that it has been recently in in these difficult times. And it's not this group of six people draws swords. And Doug Sinister goes, Oromar Vale. In the name of the Red Feather Company,
3: you are under arrest. Ugh. How boring. (laughs) As, uh, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, there's just a kind of, like, hand in the air, and kind of like a snap, and almost in perfect Preparation, Calavar and Spit going the left and right round the desk in a in a well practiced kind of pincer formation. Treating the desk quite poorly, Orimar kicks it over, making cover behind it as he goes and like reaches for a gun. And it's just a mess. It's a mess.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, And we haven't described Calivar yet. Calivar is in this scene and someone who we've alluded to, but never really seen before. Calivar, I I think, is a young man of about 19. Like Oromar, he has brown skin and his hair, I think, is pulled back instead into like tight cornrows. Um, And because this is like a a scrappier period of their life, like I think there's decoration in there. There, but it's kind of like sad. It's like <laughs> a piece of silver. It's not like the grandiose like gold and jewels that Orimar can wear today. Mm. There's just like a little piece of silver in there. And maybe actually I, I kind of like a, a Bandari tradition that I'm just going to add is woven into like cornrows if you're wearing that is like you get a little bit of colorful thread mm-hmm. to like decorate it up. Maybe you pin it in. So, so there's that. But you know, it, it's kind of like it's done fabric. It's not something that's wildly impressive. He has slung around his chest, I think, six flintlock pistols. Uh, that <laughs> yes! you know, he'll well, because you only get one yeah. shot, uh-huh. so you you really you need it. to make it count. So he'll he'll like he he
3: draws those to like begin the fight. Um, okay, that's so like a track statement. Then in that kind of pincer formation. Oromar kicks the desk over because there is a stash of additional flintlock mm. pistols that oh, he is yes. throwing over the desk to Calavar, who like uses them in a single shot tosses them uh. to spit and spit just pistol whips dudes with it does not care
0: oh yeah yeah <laughs> spit I mean spit is huge like I think uh, one of the things that we've talked about a lot in sort of our fan community and analysis of the show is like spit really stands for is a stand-in for elder queers and, and kind of their experience of the world. And one of the most fascinating and beautiful parts of queer history is that bodybuilding is really a huge tie-in to like uh, that—that's where bodybuilding started. Is mm-hmm. contingent of like a mostly gay men deciding, "What if we just got fucking
3: jacked?" Though, Um, So that is what this... Because reasons.
0: (laughs) You know, look look healthy, but what if we went past healthy Mm. and and decided, well, how far can a muscle really go? (laughs) And that's the sort of body that younger Spit is working with. So he's like breaking a jaw with a pistol whip. Mm. Um, And like, there's just this explosion of action in this scene. And we can see... Like, through the light of the door, a reflection on a wide-eyed young Bathroom Barry. Mm -hmm. Looking through and watching this unfold. I don't actually know the full age gap for Bathroom Barry. I'm going to say, (sighs) he would probably have to be like 10 at this time. I'm assuming he's in his mid-40s. But yeah, like, we cut back through that and we're back in the present now so yes
1: it was short it was short (laughs) it's very short shortest mutiny that uh, you know what I've probably ever on sphere
0: Hey heroes, it's James, your game master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, I want to remind everyone that coming up August 15th through the 21st is Margaret Week. Margaret Week is a fan-run celebration of everyone's favorite faded love interest, Margaret. There's going to be fan art, fan fiction, I hear rumblings of fan music. And I can reveal this now, at the end of next week's episode, there will be a special piece of original fiction... Written and read by me to celebrate Margaret Week. Now, if you're excited and you want to participate, don't worry, there is still time. You can head to at Margaret Week on Twitter to find the rules and jump in with your own fan work. A huge thanks to the organizer of Margaret Week and everyone who's going to participate. Heroes, did you know that in addition to my podcasting work, I'm also an author? I write the Ultimate RPG Guide series for Adams Media, an imprint of Simon & Schuster. And if you like the storytelling we do here on Campaign, I think you'll like my book, The Ultimate RPG Gameplay Guide. In it, I break down my approach to RPGs. So if you admire my style and you'd like to adapt some of my techniques to your own playing or GMing, I recommend checking it out. You can find a copy by heading to bit.ly slash RPG Gameplay. Before we get back to the show, I want to take a quick moment and thank some of our backers on Patreon. Maxwell Scara, thank you. Jason Deeds, thank you so much. By the way, Jason is responsible for some amazing leather crafts, and he's done more than a few Skyjacks pieces. Thanks, Jason. Malloy, Laura Bell Madigan, thank you. Jenna Stegerwalt, thank you so much. Molly, thank you very much. Laura Henry, thank you. Foss, thank you. Somnu, thank you so much. Patrick, thank you very much. Robert Keith, thank you. The Esteemed Clank, MBA. Thank you. Haley Emmons. Thank you so much. Karen Reynolds. Thank you. Shipaholic. Thank you so much. Danny Stairs. Thank you. Jeremiah. Thank you very much. Lainey Barbarian. Thank you. Inge. Thank you so much. Rainwood. Thank you. Me. And that's M-I-me, not M-E-me. Thank you very much. Griffin Haney. Thank you. Jen Greenwald. Thank you very much. Emmanuel. Thank you. And Jeremy Wallace, thank you so much. Thanks again to everyone who supports us over on Patreon. Like I said, I'm still putting together some new bonus content for you, but I am really excited about this next series, and I think you're going to be really excited about it as well. If you want to be able to listen to that series or check out any of our other amazing bonus content, head over to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and sign up to become a backer. Not only does that get you great bonus content, but it helps make the show. Our Patreon is how we pay our performers, our editor Casey, our musician Arnie, and of course the engineer who does the pre-treatment for our sound Joe. Not only do your contributions make this show better, but they help support people. So thank you. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get back in the sky.
1: What's going on, Madigo?
2: I'm glad that um, the captain was able to dispatch the mutineers. And it's good to know that he has experience with this. And it's especially good to know that the ship and the crew and the community were able to survive it.
1: Hey, uh... If I may just like cut through, um, let's just tell tell me what's going on because if it doesn't if it doesn't come out in this one on one, all right, it's going to come out later in your number two, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So you can tell me now or you can tell me later.
0: Bathroom barrier.
2: Just going to happen. (sighs) Yes,
1: genuinely art.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He does he like read. Does he go into the stalls and like you, you know how you can read like TV? Oh my
0: god. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> I I I hope not. I hope
1: not. I
2: hope I'm not. just inferring based on the character the characterizations that Tyler is giving me.
1: In my head it was all auditory. Like he can like but like the 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 straining, mm-hmm. the 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 and then like that and then the the amount of TP that is that is gone because he, mm-hmm. he checks from every person that leaves like the used amount of TP. But you now, never you never
0: pull off a new bit of TP without there being a triangle folded onto
1: the mm-hmm. end. Of it. Wow, that's that's the attention. And to that end, you can never pull off a perfect square of TP. And well, shit, you come in the that,
2: bathroom with me, and you see. <laughs>
1: Well, on the yeah, Uhuru, the, the <laughs> amount that you still have, like the, the shaved off, the extra bits between a full uh, square, there's a story in it. Barry <laughs> can read, he, but also he can read the bowls.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, since you're a man of such such discretion, I'll tell you, Rocco... And a few of his disgusting compatriots are planning a mutiny. And they want me involved, which I don't want to be involved with that, obviously. And I'm just trying to decide what to do, how we're going to handle this.
1: Now, um, I'm only so, so, on, I'm a little iffy on this, but uh, the other people involved, uh, we got. Rocco and uh, Reggie, the mm-hmm. oh the rowdy R's. You Rocco, Reggie, Ronald, uh, Rachel, Ray, Rachel, Ramona, Ramona. Rebecca.
0: God damn it! Okay, uh, Ricky, Richard, Rick, Dick,
1: Rick, Rick. <laughs> Rick two C's. Rocco have H. Told, <laughs> have you have you have you told anyone else about this?
2: Well, not. Yet, I wasn't sure how serious they were. You know, people talk sometimes. Oh, I, yeah, you know, if I, if I, if I didn't know any better, I'd throw a mutiny right now myself. You know that sort of thing. But it really seems like they're for real now. Hell. Also, Travis. I feel like maybe the captain is not super cool with me at the moment and i don't want to make things worse you know i don't want to be a bad news guy <laughs> what
1: travis what you- coming to a captain with the news of a mutiny would be th- my number one thought of how to get back in good standing if anyone what are you gonna what one, what's the alternative you, you wait the mutiny happens we lose crew members and then you say oh yeah meant to talk about that
2: well no i wasn't just ever going to bring it up
0: somebody pops their head through the door real quick hey everybody just letting you know that they are out of pudding in the kitchen i'm bad news berry <laughs> just up. wanted to pop uh, <laughs> in here and say that not only is everybody named Barry on the ship speaking a lower register, but... We do continue with this theme as well. And you are related by surname. We don't know <laughs> if you're siblings because you don't talk to each other. <laughs> we are. We are out of putting upstairs. If y'all don't mind, I'm going to take off, tell other people sort of this bad news. want to make the rounds really quick because the captain and I are hanging out later as I'm one of his favorite people on the ship. Uh I'll just I'm just a pop mower. I'm pop mower. I'm, I'm hey, gonna pop my I'm pop hey hey
1: hey bad news bad news thank you very much for your everything that you do thank you for letting us know and your service to the crew I will also let you know that if you ever come in here when the cleaning sign is up I will you will it's gonna be a problem it's gonna be a problem all right I put that it's up hair. for your safety not mine <laughs> <laughs> thank you again thank you for everything that you do and your invaluable contributions to to the crew but. Try that shit again. It's <laughs> going on site.
3: So now I want like I I I get that we have Skyjacks crew is cool, but can we have like a third uh, an additional spin-off that's like a Black Exploitation spin-off. Oh Jax, my god. Like Barriers. <laughs> It's very important to me. Uh, I would kind of love that. <laughs> uh, also, uh, just a world note that I don't know whether it's a thing that Oromar would be able to suggest, uh, especially in that kind of thing, but just this might this makes sense to me as potentially being true. With the way that everybody's been kind of like bullying Travis, it stands to reason that that would be the Rowdy R's doing that to make... Travis feel isolated from the rest mm. of the crew and then they can swoop in and being like but we're your friends Travis. Mm. we would never be mean to you mm. it's a thing that they kind of organize I want them to be like competent assholes yeah. <laughs> this is organized I love it yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh love man
2: that. you know what I just realized too Barry's known this whole time about the captain because the captain has not been using the bathroom Presumably.
0: Oh my God! My, oh my God!
1: God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Boom! I mean, uh, like, unless we think Dref thought of that, that, that is entirely
1: which, possible. That's wild. Ooh, but huh. i But I'm gonna... also, also, <laughs> like, as <He> <laughs> weirdly North savant-like North as Barry, like, since the island, Barry's known at least something is up with the captain. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. it
3: would be
0: very strange shit.
3: if Oromar went into the stalls, sat there perfectly silently like, for like <laughs> one minute, 20 seconds every time.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Exact same amount of time, like, exact same amount of toilet paper.
0: Yeah. I, I-, I think I'm going to rule that. I do think Dreff is extremely clever and meticulous, and he would have anticipated like, we we do need to walk the captain through the ship and make sure that he is seen using the bathroom. But like, yeah, he wasn't so deep in the bathroom paint that he understands (laughs) that like, you can't just have the same bathroom route, like clockwork like that. Bathroom Barry is going to figure that shit out for sure. (laughs) Um,
2: Come on. (laughs) Stop it, Johnny. (laughs) Stop it. God damn it. (laughs) So you um Sorry, I got very sidetracked in my head just now And that no, is so that rude was, of me That
1: was <laughs> That was worth it So um, you,
2: you think I should talk to him?
1: Travis, if there was ever a reason to talk to the captain It's now
2: Maybe I'll take an extra drop of that mint
1: Yeah, yeah, your shit is rank Your breath, I mean well, yeah, <laughs>
2: I've been eating worms all day because I'm a bird in the day. My, right yeah, yeah,
1: no, yeah, I know, I know. How do those I'm more concerned about where you're getting worms on the ship? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then you get a you get a a quick insert of bathroom Barry like pulling out a drawer and it is probably like. Orimar, because yeah he's been around like since the beginning days of the uhuru it's like Orimar levels of like meticulousness and like <laughs> like every vial is it has a different like they're like little tinctures, but mm-hmm. and so like the squeezy top has like a different like colored nib on the top, and so like it's just like he opens it, he runs his it's very it's very Dex- dexter like he opens it, runs his finger across the top, grabs one, and he's like stick out your tongue. You know, do you want me to do this or you?
2: Uh, yeah, like um, like receiving communion.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like being fed by yes. a mama bird. <laughs> he gives, he gives like two drops there's a little bit of residue he takes his pinky he wipes the residue off he licks it and then puts it back all right
2: oh what an absolute professional consummate professional
1: (laughs) all right so uh make sure you do this okay and get out of here i actually have to clean
2: thank you even if you're Just pretending to be nice to me because
1: it's your job and you're so good at it. Here's the thing. I appreciate it. I do not have to pretend and I do not pretend. Travis?
2: That's true. Uh, I heard you be very mean to other Barry just now. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. (laughs) Nowhere in my job description does it say I have to be pleasant. All right. I see there's enough good in you that I think that every now and again you're worthy of it. Okay.
2: Wow. You know. I really needed
1: that, and I was not, okay. But also, I'm not going to turn not, this into like a, a, a magical bathroom attendant is solving your problems. Get the fuck out of my I know, bathroom! I know. Right? I'm going yeah, 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 to say I wasn't expecting but here, it was just
2: here. very nice.
3: No, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
2: I liked for your the play. Record, there
3: is a character sheet for Bathroom Barry, and it has maxed all stats for
0: the first time. <laughs> all
2: stats? Yeah, literally, got, like... we could just go to Barry and say, hey, could you win the game for us real quick? And then the show yeah, would be did. over. Yeah, <laughs> I
0: already did. And Barry would say, no problem, of course, <laughs> because Barry's happy to help.
1: I have a very important question for uh, for mm-hmm. Travis. When you leave, do you tip?
2: Here's the thing. I think normally no. This
0: time, yes. All right. Good. Do you break down the door on your way out? (laughs) Oh, that's right. Well, well, that's usually going into the bathroom.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But I think I would, but there's the cleaning sign up, and I don't want to disturb the cleaning sign. So I think I gently open it and like, you know. No
0: choice. Yeah, as as you step into the hall, Bad News Barry's there. Hey, I just wanted to let you know that uh, most of the crew doesn't feel that way about you, though, that you're a person who's deserving of love and <laughs> happiness, so we're, we're kind of pretty down on you. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pop out. Are you hey, listening to my conversations, know. Barry? <laughs> no, I just intuited he looked happier. He looked <laughs> happier than he has the last couple of weeks. Just reminding him, bringing him bad news. You've done a lot of bad shit. A lot of people think you deserve... To be treated, hey, mistreated Barry? for that bad shit hey, that you bury. You know, maybe instead of telling people the pudding's out, you can make more pudding. Piece of shit. I don't work. hey, don't don't shoot the messenger. Right? I will I'm just,
1: if it's you. I'm bearing,
0: I'm bearing the bad news so that somebody hopefully can proactively take the steps to make more p- hey. Also, what you do you do need me. You don't know that you need me, but I'm you do a, need me. I'm a talking hopper. I don't need anyone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> boing, boing, boing.
0: Great. Great.
3: Good. Of course. Of course. <laughs> what? Well, I guess those are the bugs that Travis has been eating while they were yeah. dead. Uh,
0: <laughs> my family is dead! <laughs> I've come to seek my revenge! Boing, boing, boing! Oh no! A hole!
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess Travis makes his way to the captain's quarters.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know that we had... Oromar sort of like sweep into the area of the ship where where Jonnet was probably working somewhere else on the maps and star watching. But can we say that they have like carried that equipment back to sort of where it quote unquote belongs in the captain's
3: quarters? Yeah, enough time has passed where we've now returned the items back to the kind of captain's quarters and Oromar makes a very appointed display of showing
1: Jonnet where it is supposed to be.
3: And I don't I mean
1: that. I think Jonet has since, he's gone to a different section of the ship and brought like a stool to, mm-hmm. to like put down. He's like, I will climb on this and I won't climb on the books. <laughs> also,
3: he goes to another part of the, the building where the kind of like stationery is kind of kept in the quarters and pulls out a notebook, flips through the first five or six pages and tears them out and then gives the rest of the book to you. It's it's blank but uh signed to you star watching notes log <laughs> everything.
1: There's there's like there's a moment like there's a it washes over Janet where it's like oh taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no. Oh yeah 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 (laughs) and because he he's been doing everything like on his sister's map um and so the margins are are all kinds of like scribbled and on all this stuff but yeah this is like yes yes
3: Again, with the uh, the same stoic ex- expressionless hand
1: gently goes
3: to nose, pinches nose. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so it's like, I can see you're frustrated, but you gotta admit, I'm picking it up. Picking it up.
3: <laughs> One day at a time, <laughs> good evening. <laughs>
1: So yeah, I guess they're working in the in the captain's quarters.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I think Travis like approaches the door and he's nervous. So to compensate, he wants to like knock very confidently, but mm-hmm. because he's so nervous, he like knocks too loud, you know, to, you know like uh, just like, "Oh fuck
3: it." Well, well, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's that moment of like, "What did I do? Why did I do it?" Oh, that's good.
3: Yeah, you <laughs> knock really hard and you hear a click sound. And silence. And then you open the door, and Oromar has a pistol leveled at the door, (laughs) sees that it's you, and slowly, robotically puts the pistol back down.
2: (laughs) Okay, glad glad to see that, because honestly, had you kept it up, I wouldn't have been that surprised.
3: There's a pause, and almost kind of like sheepishly, you startled me.
2: So I... I startled myself. I was not expecting to knock quite so hard, um, but I did, and I apologize.
3: Orimol casually goes round to the chair, sits down in the chair. What do you need signed formally with both hands?
2: Um. Well, I. I have some. First of all, some good news for Janet. That jar that you put out is absolutely full of water. These clouds are crazy. <laughs>
1: Yes, Johnny leaves (laughs)
2: Um, And (laughs) Unfortunately, I have Some not So good news for you, but Before I even say it I can with confidence Tell you, it's 100% Not my fault
3: In the exact Same kind of motions As before, he signs You startled me (laughs)
2: Um, you you know Rocco and the Rowdy, the Rowdy R Boys. What what were they called? The Rowdy, the Rowdy the the Rowdy R's. R's.
3: Um. Ah, yes. Signed letter by letter, Reggie.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um. Well, they are interested in doing a mutiny. And they wanted me to join them, and I said no, thank you. And I wanted to let you know so that I could
0: help you stop them. Travis, roll a deception check. Mm. Because I did. Because you I, are lying here. You did not say no, thank you. But I did In fact, what you said was yes. But I didn't mean it when I said. <laughs> Fuck. It's, it's,
2: it's, I'm just trying actually, to like what you did was the opposite of what you're saying but my intentions were good but, mm. I keep um, together, Nathan keep together <laughs> okay uh, yeah I'm
0: gonna fucking nail this what's the difficulty uh, difficulty I'm gonna say I'm going to say average because this is a very casual lie, but there are two black dice because you are a little nervous. Yeah. uh, Hey, I'm not worried. Actually, you're right. Instead of average with two black dice, let's upgrade one of the purple dice to a red die. And one black die. So total one black or two? Total one black, one purple, and one red. Cool. Jeez. Yeah, well, it's still one success, so. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> My so deception's yeah,
0: what very happened- good. <laughs> In the middle of your lie, you realize that it is a lie and not the truth, because you're speaking from an authentic place of like, well, I said yes, but I meant no. So obviously I'm saying I said no, thank you, because I meant no, thank you. But I didn't actually say that. In fact, I said the opposite of that. And could that come back to bite me later? Probably. But it's good to not let on that right now. So Mm -hmm. you very smoothly move over it where nobody could really tell that that was a lie that you just told mm. except for you
2: at- it's not It's not a lie if you believe it
3: <laughs> very true at you saying the word mutiny like Oromar's face falls as in like he leans forward and the large tricon hat falls down and you can no longer see his face anymore as you finish your your, your kind of statement about he said no thank you there is like a shaking in the air like not the room Everything in the room is still, but you can kind of almost feel the air vibrating. And almost individually, the long dreads down Oromar's back almost feel as if they are floating, as if the ship has suddenly started rapidly descending and things have started to lose gravity. As his usually incredibly still hands, one of them starts to shake, and then, like a gunshot, it is slammed onto the table as he looks up at you and ah! finds very angrily in one hand, I will not be caged again.
2: That's That's what I said. I mean, I didn't say exactly that, but that's what I would have said. And I'm happy to help you not do that. And I'm sure that Jonet would also be happy to help. And uh, Gable's a toss up, but I'd be willing to <laughs> toss them in with the rowdy Rs to just, you know, not have to worry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We return once again to the captain's quarters on the Uhuru, where the captain's council is surrounding a box with. oh, Oh, that's right. Overboard is here. Overboard, the HR personnel for the Uhuru, has a file in front of him and he is reading out HR complaints that have been submitted anonymously to the Uhuru's HR department. All right. Uh, I'll just read this one out here. I'm concerned that our farmer quartermaster, Travis, has misappropriated funds. I've overheard a few conversations in which he discussed turning into multiple different animals. And I have to say, I'm afraid he may have embezzled to fund a fursuit collection. And listen, I get it. We've all been tempted, but the rest of us have been saving up in hopes of just getting some paws. Please investigate this. Travis, these are heavy accusations.
2: Well, now, uh, first and foremost, I stopped listening after about three or four words in, because I am no farmer, these hands have done no hard labor.
0: You are quartermaster! You are quartermaster for... A, a, a record short term of, of two months. You distinctly said
2: a farmer quartermaster, and I am no such person.
0: Okay. Okay. I'm pulling out a blank HR form for bullying. <laughs> I'm filling it out. I'm submitting a formal complaint.
3: Am I going to have to co-sign this? <laughs> well,
0: this you tell me. Eventually. <sighs> Whose side the are you
3: on? You've seen it. <laughs> you do realize that this is the eighth one that you have submitted this week.
0: <laughs> and you know, eight formal HR complaints. Equals one demerit <laughs> ah. And if you rack up Three demerits
1: <laughs> ah,
3: One stern
1: talking to uh, And there if you are, a, rack up
3: <laughs> A chalkboard is wheeled out With everybody's name On the hooro And Oromar with one <laughs> slow hand Screeks A point of a demerit For, uh. <laughs> for Travis I see <laughs> This is going to weigh heavily on but, your conscience, I hope you understand
2: I don't think it will
1: Yeah, I feel like Travis kind of does what Travis wants But but Travis, this is a serious issue Are you taking money from the pot of the Uhuru? Or I'm, did you ever?
2: I am certainly not taking money from the Uhuru to buy fursuits suits. If that's what you're asking. Okay.
1: All right. Well, then the better question is, I guess, what have you taken money from the Uhuru pot and to fund what? I just said I didn't take
2: money to buy fursuits.
1: What more do you want from me? I want... I want... To know what you did, because here's the thing, Travis, that coat looks very nice. And I don't remember you. you having steel-toed boots before. Your hair is in a pompadour. And I think <laughs> you, you're you wearing an ascot. You look fly I- as hell. Yes, well, I... uh, Janet, I will remind you that canonically
0: you bought him that coat. Yeah, but it's a different coat.
1: This is a different coat.
0: He's
2: describing what I... I think he's describing a leather jacket, some nice steel-toed boots. I'm... Well, it's because I joined a motorcycle gang that also sings doo-wop.
3: Ah, (laughs) no. Uh, we, we do encourage uh, uh, artistic pursuits aboard the Uhuru, Thank you. So uh, I do I do. <laughs> wonder- there's
0: already a doo-wop group aboard the Uhuru. Of course, they are a completely fursuited doo-wop group, as most of the extracurricular activities aboard the Uhuru also require
1: fursuits, but- it's, they But they are individually mandated. It's not mandated by the Uhuru code. It's just they adopt that for themselves- which is great, but it's also that's the thing they want, and we support it.
2: <laughs> now, I'm a I'm a man who enjoys being comfortable, and I'm only comfortable in coats. A first suit is too itchy, too hot, too sweaty. I don't like to sweat.
3: This is slowly turning into a MeUndies advertisement, and I'm uncomfortable.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you'd be more comfortable if you tried MeUndies. <laughs> you know, they're made from a micromodal fabric uh, that's moisture wicking. <laughs>
0: Wait, Travis. Three times softer than cotton
1: scientifically. <laughs> <laughs> and you mean to tell me that my first order is 10% off with the code uh, snake man? <laughs> well, I would if they would return my calls.
3: Uh, I see you didn't land the sponsorship deal just yet. I see. This is the early show. Yeah, well,
0: they're pretty attention. stingy with their sponsorship. i so. are you
1: doing an audio ad on spec. Yeah,
3: <laughs> It's a hard industry out there
2: <laughs> I get have, that, I get that Have any of you worn me undies? I don't know if yes, that's too of
3: personal
2: I'm a podcaster
0: that listens to podcasts <laughs>
2: <laughs> Because now before, before we started this meeting I was talking about my shirts and that whole deal And I have a similar deal with underwear And I found the one that I like and I just bought like 12, 12 or 14, however many come in a pack times multiple packs. Using the, the plug exact- from the
3: Uhuru's funds, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and here we are.
0: The walls are finally closing well, in on Travis Matt. How do
2: you expect me to do my work if I'm not comfortable?
0: There's too much cotton
2: in the ship standard issue underpants.
0: Oh, Travis, 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 this is a formal strike. On your record This is no paltry demerit Or even a stern talking to This is a
3: formal strike The chalkboard flips over And there is a second (laughs) And it's an even longer Louder chalk-scrawling sound uh, uh,
0: uh,
2: (laughs) You you don't have to do that uh, You know how to use chalk normal
0: (laughs) Here aboard the Uhuru we operate on a three strike system, your first strike, that carries the severe penalty of suspension with pay.
3: Mel's in the back.
1: <laughs> I, <can't. laughs> I I'm sorry. <laughs> Hi, Mel. Well, I think it's uh... in the background. Hello. <laughs> like
2: I like that he... they just walk in, you're talking like a fucking pirate. I
1: know <laughs> <Just> giving, giving
2: <laughs> a grizzly life, yeah.
1: voice talking about a stern
2: talking to <laughs> this is why Jessica has to leave the house. If she if she didn't leave the house when I record, she would just divorce me. <laughs> <laughs> You'll receive
0: suspension with pay.
2: For two? And how many how many strikes do we have on the board right now? No, 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 no. That's
0: the first, the first strike. You'll get a one week suspension.
2: Okay, great. With
0: pay. Yeah. Okay. And then, Mm -hmm. should you receive two, you'll go on forced sabbatical,
3: also with pay. Okay. (laughs) Oh no. And the third and final (laughs) strike is. Hook suspension as organized by Spit. And yes, it is indeed sexual. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Wait, now, is it punishment. Punishment. If you've
0: seen, if you're familiar with the Hellraiser franchise. But is there pay? Oh, there?
1: That's question. Well, oh, you're
3: still paying, you will of course. Pay. Yes. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> I think so. My thought is if I get to two strikes and, um, oh no, forced. To take a sabbatical, there's no real opportunity for me to incur a third strike. And I still get paid. Well, the fourth sabbatical ends eventually. Do my strikes reset? No. No! Well, they've got to at some point.
1: Hang on. with Overboard... I'm. I've. I'm sorry. I've never critically thought about this. Uh, <laughs> this uh, disciplinary policy before. Don't ruin but this now, for me, Jonny. <laughs> but but now that I'm thinking about it, how many members of the crew <laughs> are currently on a paid sabbatical that are not obligated to come back? <laughs> Well, let's
0: see. Let me review my employee records here. We've got anywhere between 200 and 400,000 <gasps> oh, no. crew aboard the O'Rourke. Oh, no. And we regularly hear from about 10. So I'd say about 99.999% of oh, the crew the red. is on far Oh, sabbatical. we're
1: in the red. We're so in the red. This now, was all going
3: to be fixed two months ago and then something else happened to kind of interfere
2: (laughs) (laughs) no no there's got to be some way for me to take some strikes off can't i take a you know a driving course at a comedy theater or something
3: oh like
0: like like community service to to reduce your sentence sure i guess whatever uh i i suppose if you're willing to face one of the worst fates possible aboard this ship, do you think you can do that? I mean, Travis I, I guess it
2: depends on what the, what the hard
0: cut to Travis in a first suit, uh, at an improv comedy show asking for a suggestion from the audience. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, the I get a
2: suggestion?
0: Store. Uh, <laughs> pornography No
2: do up. Pornography! Do, do up
0: <laughs> This is not my do up outfit <laughs> <And> <laughs> That's that's seen That's seen for sure Campaign Skyjacks is a One-Shot Network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter over at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing.
1: Welcome to Character Creation Cast, a show where we create and discuss characters, the best part of role-playing games, with guests using their favorite systems. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Bolter.
0: And I'm your other host, Amelia Antrim. Join us as we sit down with game designers, podcasters, and fans of games as we dive into learning about different RPGs through the lens of character creation. It's a combination of character building, player advice, game design insights, and even a little bit of fan fiction for a different game every month. We tackle a variety of new and old games, both well-known and indie-produced titles.
1: We learn how creating characters can tell us a lot about the games themselves. Check us out today anywhere you can get podcasts or on the One Shot Podcast Network at OneShotPodcast.com.
0: You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com like neo scum neo scum is a narrative comedy podcast featuring five chicago improvisers antagonizing their way through the role-playing classic shadow run it follows a group of misfits and outsiders z an acerbic cyber troublemaker pox the candy junkie klepto from across the pond tech wizard the public access actor with a petulant thirst for adventure and dak rambo the nastiest trucker this side of the robo mason dixon Joined the irascible Neoscum crew on a puerile rock and road trip through a weirdo world of tomorrow, doling out street justice to every deep they encounter. Whether they deserve it or not. Jonat Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at TylerADave. He also co-stars and consults on Showtime's work in progress. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at LizAnderson, underscore, 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 or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Madigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcasts, Bill Buds and Dilettante Ball. Captain Oromar Vale was played by Nathan Blades, who can be found on Twitter at Phantom Arts Ent. You can also find them streaming on twitch.tv slash TheNeonCaster. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this podcast was written, composed, and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find him on Twitter over at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. You can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, or on his podcast, Neo Scum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and Illimat, produced by Together Studios. This show uses a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system, designed by Sam Stewart and a team of talented professionals, who were fired by the private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. To
2: the strangers who've ever been kind And once for our friends
3: near to rise Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind Who know we can never deny
1: The call of the sky